Welcome back to the GOAT Show, everybody. It has been far too long. Uh, I sure hope none of you are holding your breath in anticipation because you would be dead by now. (laughs) (laughs) That's how long it's been. I'm back with Ryan today. Ryan, how are you doing? Very good. How about you? Not too bad. Um, Before we got going, I wanted to share a little personal story um, (laughs) that... I thought was kind of funny and I hope you all do too. Um, So basically the today is August 14th and um, Robin Williams passed away on August 11th, 2014, correct? I believe so. Yeah. So I believe it was on the day that he passed away. I told myself, I was like, you know what? Every year on this day, I am going to make it a little tradition for myself to watch a Robin Williams movie every year on this day. Seven summers have passed, including this one. Since then, guess how many times I've done that? For the humor of the story, I'm going to say none. Literally zero. Every <laughs> single year. It comes and goes, and I'm like, oh, shoot, what day is that again? Oh, it was three days ago. Awesome. Every single year. It's, it's <laughs> Honestly, my new tradition is forgetting about that tradition. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I got like I think to, like, oh, I'm going to, maybe I'll put it on my calendar, set a reminder or something. But every time I think that, I'm like, you know what? It's so far away. I'll remember closer to, and then I don't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so a lot of fun stuff going on. We got preseason NFL football going on as we speak. I always get really excited to for the preseason to come, and then I watch some, and I'm like, wait a second, these are all third-string players that I'm never going to see again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get, I, I get that. So it's, yeah, it's really exciting for like five minutes because it's like, yeah, football's back. I got that with the Hall of Fame game especially. Because mm. I was like, yeah, football. And it's like, oh, it's Cooper Rush versus Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Does that count? Well, as a Steelers fan, it's nice because <laughs> I get to see a, a lot of players I know. But I, I get for like the, the casual fan or the non-Steelers Steelers or, or other fans of teams during the preseason. I, I, I get how lame it is. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's hard to get into because you don't know, like, what the what the coach's mindset is. You don't mm-hmm. know how many snaps your favorite players are going to get. Even, like, rookies that you're interested in watching, you don't know how much you're actually going to see from them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just find it hard to get into. But it's a good sign that the regular season is just around the corner. Uh, we are going to pick things up where we left off. Uh, last time we did our AFC South preview and record predictions. Uh, so today we're going to get into the AFC East. And we're going to do things a little bit differently this time. Because last time I just kind of went through it in the order of how I expected the teams to be from best to worst. And then after a couple of times, we realized that that was 
a really kind of sucky and depressing way to end things off. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to... It's a slight twist in this one. We are not ending with the worst team, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are going to kick things off with who I expect to be the best team in the AFCs this year, because they were by far the best team in the AFCs last year, and that is the oh. Buffalo Bills. Um. So, starting things off, I wanted to talk to you some of the off-season turnover they've had personnel-wise. Um, well, starting with their losses, they lost wide receiver John Brown, Trent Murphy, Josh Norman, Matt Barkley, punter Cody Bajorquez. Great punter, great name. Um, <laughs> Brian Winters and Tyler Croft. So, nothing major. Like, you could argue, I mean... Obviously, a good punter is a good punter, but a little bit of turnover that position isn't going to, um, mm. you know, that's not going to end your season, hopefully. Um, <laughs> so other than that, they did a pretty good job of retaining players. Um, and then they added uh, Emmanuel Sanders, which I thought was interesting because I didn't think they really needed an extra wide receiver. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. They got tight end Jacob Hollister previously. I believe he was with the Seahawks most recently. Uh, <laughs> running back Matt Breida from the played with the Dolphins last year. Actually, I don't even know how much he played. Um, <laughs> he was on the Dolphins roster last year. I remember always thinking, uh, doing like fantasy mock drafts, I'd get to a point where it's like, Okay, Dolphins running backs, Matt Breida and Jordan Howard were like back to back. And I'm like, okay, which of these do I feel more confident in? And they both did absolutely nothing. So I'm glad I didn't actually pull the trigger on those. Um, Moving on, they brought in Forrest Lamp, who I believe was a second round pick a couple of years ago. Hmm. Yeah. And then in the draft, they made a splash with Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. A really interesting player. And that's pretty much it. They had a a decent draft, nothing exceptional. Um, I just did a lot of talking. So I'm going to let you say what you want to say about this team first. And then I will say my things, and then we'll get into the predictions. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to be very good. I think they're probably going to be very similar as to what they were last year. Um, just because Allen, Josh Allen had such a crazy good season, I think he's due for a quote-unquote regression. However, I think that he's going to remain in the league quarterback. He has the strongest arm in pro football, in my opinion, and arguably has the most physical upside of any quarterback moving forward, if that makes sense. Obviously, I think Mahomes is the best and will be the best for a long time, but I just think looking at Allen's physical traits, he could have super high upside. Yeah, absolutely. I think Allen might have like the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the league just based Mm -hmm. on his arm talent. And I mean, like, like you said, he probably has the strongest arm. Um, Yeah. If not, definitely top two with Mahomes. Honestly, he's probably. I don't want to say this off the top of my head, but probably like a top five runner at the position. Hmm. Just on like his raw rushing ability. 
Um, he's kind of like a tight end with a, a crazy good arm. If yeah. Makes, or like an athletic tight end with a crazy good arm. Yeah, like you think of prime Cam Newton kind of. Mm. Um, with better arm talent. With better arm talent, yeah. And he might be a little bit faster too. I didn't watch a ton of Newton in his prime mm. uh, because his prime was kind of short. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I definitely agree. His ceiling is super high. Um, yeah, so go on. Yeah, and um, I, I feel like obviously defenses have more film on him now and their run game wasn't very good last year, which might be an understatement. So I feel like it needs the run game needs to improve in order to keep the offense elite since you can't be one-dimensional in general, but especially now since maybe defenses will start to pick up on more things that Allen does. So I think that the run game improving will be big to just keep the Bills' offense elite, which will carry them forward if they want to Obviously, their aspirations are to go to the Super Bowl, being a team that went to the AFC Championship game last year. Uh, I think their defense should be solid. You know, in the modern game, offense matters a lot more than defense in terms of controlling the pace of games and scoring. So as long as the Buffalo defense isn't really bad, which I don't expect, I think the Bills should be fine when the AFC East and be an elite AFC team. Yeah, absolutely. I think the key to this team going into the season is just the continuity that they were able to have, um, especially on offense. And that's huge for Allen's development. That's why I think I don't really expect him to take much of a step back just because he's still working uh, in the same system, which I think is huge that they didn't lose Brian Dable as their offense coordinator. Mm -hmm. Like I expected him to be what like a top tier head coaching candidate and nobody touched him. Um, yeah. And even the way they kind of structure the offense where even though they don't run the ball well, they have such a nice scheme to where like they can throw passes that are kind of like runs, if that makes sense. Like they're just yeah. short, quick passes that allows receivers to get open in space. So it, it which I think a lot did a lot for Josh Allen in terms of get, getting him in rhythm and allowing things to open up so he can make the, the crazy deep throws that we've, that we see him make. Yeah, for sure. And like you were saying on the wrong game, I don't think it can really get any worse than it was <laughs> last year. Uh, like they finished 20th in total yards or t- sorry, total rushing yards, uh, 20th in yards per attempt. Um, I think, yeah, with that continuity in the system, uh, the running backs were super young. Like they had second year Devin Singletary and rookie Zach Moss as they're leading rushers. Um, so, yeah, I think just another year in the league, another year in the system. I think the offensive line might have taken a slight step forward this year. Uh, so, yeah, I expect better at least. Like, I'm not saying they're going to yeah. be top five, maybe not even top ten rushing team. But, mm-hmm. yeah, should be better than last year, which is all that matters. Um, yeah. I just expect the team to be very similar, which I know might be a boring thing to say, but I think the things that made them good last year are still going to be the things that make them good this year. Yeah, absolutely. Like they, like I said, they didn't lose a lot of key players and Mm -hmm. the people they did bring in were, yeah, like it's, 
not going to rock the boat too much, which is good looking what they were able to do last year. Yeah. Um, like this was a 13 and three team. The only teams they lost to were the Tennessee Titans, the Kansas city chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals on a last second Hail Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the game they could have easily have won, obviously that literally one of the craziest catches of all time led to them losing. Yeah. Like that could have gone either way. Um, and they won the last six games of the regular season and two playoff games before running into the Chiefs again. So, mm. yeah, this team was very good last year. And I think that should translate very well into this season. Um, all around, the defense was a little underwhelming compared to what we've come to expect from Buffalo under Sean McDermott. Mm. But they finished the season pretty well. Um, and, yeah, I think just with how last year went for the league, really, um, should expect a little better this year. Um, hmm. So, yeah, with that, I think, yeah, I think I'm ready to get into the, into the predictions. Sorry, I tried to talk too fast and trip myself <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> yeah, so if you didn't listen to the previous two uh, prediction shows. Um, how we're doing this is we got an optimistic prediction, which is pretty much what we expect from the team at their best. A pessimistic, which is what we see as, as their worst. Um, and then realistic, which is how we expect the season to play out. Um, yeah. So with that, looking at their schedule, um, I honestly, just with how last season played out, they and how they only lost to really good teams, there isn't a game on their schedule that I'm like, like, I think they're capable of winning every game. Hmm. But that's not really, well, yeah, I don't really expect that either. So, Honestly, I could have for their optimistic prediction. I probably could have said seventeen and zero, but I went with fifteen and two, um, just to bring it a little closer to reality. Because I don't really <laughs> like. I think they can win every game, but I don't think they're capable of seventeen and zero. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I always have the philosophy of any team can win on any day, and even the we've seen the best of teams lose games like last year lose to the Raiders and so on and so forth. So like, you know, any team could just get the advantage, even if it's a quote unquote fluke, any team can win any game. So that's why I never predict a team to go winless. And I've never predicted a team to win every game. Yeah, for sure. Um, so realistic, I think 14 and three, same number of losses last season, uh, just because they are a really good team, but it's hard to see them beating uh, like the Titans and the chiefs after what happened last year. I think they're capable, but I don't, I can't expect it yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. They play the Buccaneers this season, which will be a tough test. Um, That'll be a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then for their pessimistic prediction, I have nine and eight. I think no matter what, they're a really good team. 
I don't see them slipping under 500. Um, they play a lot of really good teams, but they're well equipped. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. What are your predictions for them this year? Uh, it's very similar to yours. Uh, my optimistic's 14 and 3, which is your realistic. It's kind of the same reasons that we've been talking about. Uh, my realistic is two less wins than you at 12 and 5. And that's really only because their division has gotten stronger and they play a lot of good teams this year, like you've said. So, um, yeah, I think they win one less game than last year with the extra game this season. Mm-hmm. And my pessimistic is the exact same as yours at 9 and 8. When this pessimistic is only like if everything goes wrong, they lose close games, suffer injuries, etc. But other than I kind of like you said, I think they're just going to be a really good team again and on the AFC contender once more. Yeah, for sure. And like like I said, they play a lot of good teams and that creates a lot of swing games, so to speak, where, mm, so to yeah. speak, where realistically they can go either way. Um, but they're a very well-coached team. And like I said, there's so much continuity from last year. I expect them to be able to come out on top in a lot of those games. I just think they're really well built for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it should be a really fun team to watch this year. Uh, you mentioned that the division has gotten better. So moving on, we're going to go to the Miami Dolphins, who won 10 games last season, right? Yeah, 10 and 6. Yes. Um, just missing the playoffs because they couldn't outscore the Bills' backups in Week 17. Yeah. Um, yeah, so looking at their offseason turnover, they lost Kyle Vinoy, linebacker. Um, they traded Shaq Lawson. They let Eric – wait, did they trade Eric Flowers or did they let him walk? I can't remember. Um, I can't even remember off the top. Yeah. He's gone. Um, yeah, exactly. They let Ryan, Fa- Ryan Fitzpatrick go, uh, QB1. Um <laughs> I uh, like I said, Matt Burita is gone. He's with the Bills now. And then center Ted Carras. Uh so they on the flip side, they brought in Jacoby Brissett, should be their backup quarterback this year. Pretty solid high end backup, in my opinion. Um mm-hmm. opposite the Shaq Lawson trade, they gained Bernardrick McKinney, linebacker from the Texans. They signed defensive back Jason McCordy, uh Will Fuller which we'll talk about that later, but that should be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, brought in center Matt Skura. That's probably how you say that. And then in the draft, they brought, they had a pretty nice draft, bringing in Jalen Phillips and Jalen Waddle. Probably the first draft in NFL history where two players named Jalen went to the same team in the first round. Um, <laughs> but don't quote me on that. So mm. kind of like I mentioned earlier, they had – a weird season last year. I didn't expect them to win 10 games, but I think, I think they overachieved in like, they had just, they just had a weird season where like they beat the 49ers 43 to 17 and yeah. the Rams 28 to 17. But then like they lost to, like I said, the bills backups and the Broncos were like, if they could just, when those extra games, they're so crucial. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. it would just look so much better for them. But I just don't know how much I can really trust them, you know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, so overall, I think the team has a lot of potential. Uh, the defense was really turnover reliant last season, which I don't know how sustainable that is. And I don't really like their offensive line at all. And with that, the run game, but they brought, they have a few really nice weapons, which should be Mm. very interesting. And the talent is still there on defense. So they should still be solid. Uh, So why don't you go ahead and give me, give us all your opinion on their roster. Yeah. um, Just for starters, I just, you kind of brought it up already, but I wanted to bring up how, how good of a draft they had selecting Jalen Waddle and Jalen who are two day one impact players who can be huge for this team that's already was a game away from the postseason and arguably could have made it if different things went their way. Um, I think giving Xavier Howard uh, the Quan was huge. If you understand that reference, you're a real one. <laughs> I don't think I do. Can you explain? Uh, it's from, have you ever seen Jerry Maguire? Oh, oh, I wish. I haven't yet, and it kind of pains me, but yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character calls, like, he wants to get paid, but he wants to get paid, he calls it the Quan, which is, like, respect and loyalty and things, and, and money. Oh, yeah. So it's like, so that's why I use it when I said give, you know, when I posted about it, I said give X the Quan, or, you know, show nice. him the money. Yeah. That, that, that's what I, when I say that, that's what I mean. Carrying on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like keeping Xavier Howard there is big because Miami really likes to blitz and show blitzes. And in order to do that, you need to be confident in your secondary. So having a guy that's a lockdown corner, top three corner in football, in my opinion, and Xavier Howard allows you to do so much, and which I think will certainly keep their defense elite. Uh, I don't expect him to repeat all the turnovers that he caused last season because that's just hard to replicate but i do expect him to be a lockdown corner again and one of the best corners in football which will like i said in return help their defense a ton uh their skill position room which is which is pretty loaded in my opinion jalen waddle will fuller mike Gesicki, and Devonte parker the talent there is so lofty that i could see tua having a big season which is con sort of controversial to say right now since he had a very up and down rookie year but um you know for the past three seasons there's been a young breakout quarterback uh Patrick Mahomes Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and I think if there were to be a quarterback this year that would take a jump like they did I think that it would be Tua I'm not saying he's going to be as great as any of those guys because they were MVP, all-pro caliber players. But I do think that Tua has a lot of the mental intangibles coming coming from that Alabama pedigree to lead this very good Miami offense, which I think can put up big numbers and potentially be one of the better teams in the AFC as long as that defense remains elite and Tua takes the jump that I think he can with all these weapons. So I know that's controversial to say right now, but I, I do see Miami potentially being a big sleeper team 
in the AFC this season. Yeah, that's definitely their ceiling. But like I said, I don't know how reliable they'll really be. Um, but yeah, speaking of their weapons, I think they do have a really interesting group. Um, remember before last season when Devontae Parker was like fringe top 10? And yeah. then he yeah. missed some time last year. It was banged up. And people seem to completely forget who he is. Yeah, he, he had a crazy good season. How many touchdowns did he catch? Did he, did he catch like 14 touchdowns? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was double digit. Let me check. Yeah, he was crazy like 20, 19. It was nine, but he had 1,200 yards. Oh, yeah. And he was like crazy good jump ball receiver. And yeah. Yeah, so, but people, like, it's just, it, the wide receiver position is so stacked right now that if you're not, um, it's really easy to go overlooked if you're not, like, Corton Sutton was a pro bowler and then missed some time last year, and now people completely forget who he is. It's just, it's just so weird right now. Um Especially with just how like how, the, how much passing volume has gone up in the NFL, like these receivers have such crazy stats one year, and like you said, if they get injured and they yeah their production could not be the same, and then other receivers have big years, and you kind of just push them to the fold. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I like Will Fuller is just an absolute defense stretcher. Um, should really open things up for guys like Waddle and Gasicki, who are really good playmakers. Mm. Um, should free things up for them. Uh, so, yeah, all in all, I do like their receiver group this year. If Waddle can make an instant impact, which I think he can, uh, just with his skill set and his chemistry with Tua. Um, and then if Fuller and Parker can stay healthy. I think that's really key. But yeah, I do I do think yeah, obviously Tua doesn't have the same athletic ceiling as those other breakout guys that you mentioned. Yeah, totally. But I think he can definitely be a very good starter. Um mm. I don't know what exactly his ceiling is, but probably like a Drew Brees type. Yeah, maybe like Ryan Tannehillish right now, maybe like very efficient. Yeah, that doesn't have the craziest talent in the world, but he's just very efficient. And like he can make all the throws you need him to. He's yeah, smart. He can execute an offense, just stuff like that. Um, yeah, but not like totally elite to where like guys like Mahomes and Rogers and Allen and Lamar Jackson physical traits. Yeah. Like you said, they could just run an offense to a high level. They can run a high level offense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so moving into the predictions for their ceiling, I have 13 and four. I think that's fair. Hmm. Um, just with, yeah, how much potential this team has. Realistic, I think they can do 11 and six, uh, which is one more win than last season with one extra game. Um, but for their floor, I have it pretty low at six and 11. Because, like I said, I don't know how sustainable that defense can be. 
I don't trust their offensive line in the run game. Um, these weapons like Parker and Fuller do have injury histories. So that's why their floor is so low. Um, but yeah, I think 11 and six is definitely attainable. What do you think? Oh, my, my optimistic is the exact same at 13 and four for all the reasons I said before. Um, my realistic is the same amount of wins they had last year at 10 and seven. But um, I think that they'll be a better 10 win team just because I think Tua will take a pretty solid. This will be a lot better, which will help their defense out. So I, I do think that they'll be a better team than what they were last year, but have the same record. But records are never totally um like the correlation between sometimes a team and their record is entirely accurate. And I think that they will be a better team and have the same amount of wins, if that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, pessimistic is pessimistic than yours at eight and nine. Even if this offense maybe struggles or Tua struggles, I still think their defense is very good. And I don't think Tua will be bad enough to really hinder them from having a six or less win record at their worst. So I have them at eight and nine because I still think they'll be competitive even if Tua isn't playing like how I think he can play. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't really expect him to be losing their games, but I think if things aren't going great for them, I don't know if he's the type that's going to go out and grab the win for them, you know? Which is what great quarterbacks do. They elevate and if you need them to win you a game by any means necessary, they can. And if Tua can't be that, yeah, I could see them losing games. They maybe could win. Yeah, so that's the challenge for him. That's that's what we want to see. Um, yeah, I'm generally a supporter of his, even though I am a closet Bills fan. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I I want to see good things out of him, especially with just how much disrespect he's gotten this year. A little too much, um, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. So the pieces are there. I think let's just see it get put together. Hmm. Um, moving on. Like I said, we're not going to end with the worst team today. So you know what that means? That means the worst team is coming up right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, looking at the New York jets, uh, they lost Sam Darnold, obviously traded him to the Panthers. Um, Brashad Perriman was one of their leading receivers last year. He's gone. Brian Poole, veteran defensive back, and then backup quarterback Joe Flacco, which will come into relevance in a second. Um, yeah, they, they lost an elite player there? <laughs> well, <laughs> they lost. They don't have a single quarterback on the roster that has ever thrown a pass in a game. So, yeah, it would have been nice, all jokes aside, to keep Flacco just for some veteran guidance for Zach Wilson. Yeah, anyone, really. Like, yeah. I mean, Mm. you look at the elite quarterbacks that have succeeded Joe Flacco, like Lamar Jackson and Drew Locke. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Maybe just keep keep it at Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Yeah, so looking forward uh, to who they brought in this year. They got defensive back LaMarcus Joyner. Oops. Uh, Morgan Moses, right tackle, formerly of the Washington football team. I almost said the R word for a second there. Um, 
<laughs> um, signed Corey Davis, pretty big contract. And then Carl Lawson, pass rusher from the Bengals. Uh, mm-hmm. And then in the draft, um, like we said, they brought in Zach Wilson, second overall. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Elijah Vera Tucker in this first round as well. Um, and then Elijah Moore and Michael Carter later in the mm-hmm. I believe that was round two and was Carter three or four? I don't remember, somewhere in there. Around doesn't there. really make a difference. Um but yeah, they brought in some solid players, I think. I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan. Um, so we'll have to see there. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I don't really know what to think of the roster yet. But if Robert Sala is that's how you say it, right? I don't know. It looks I I believe it It looks so simple, but it could also be so complicated, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. It basically if you can get more out of the players than Adam Gase did, they should win more than two games. Oh, uh, so, but, so so they will be better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't get much worse there. Yeah. Um, but their offensive line is solid, like we like they brought in uh, AVT and Morgan Moses this year. They drafted uh, Mackay Becton last year, who looked like a stud as a rookie. Yeah. Um, so that's really promising. But I'm not really sold on their weapons. I think Elijah Moore is good. I haven't watched a ton of film on him, but I've heard really good things. Uh, my biggest question is Corey Davis, because we saw him kind of miss expectations when he was supposed to be the wide receiver one in Tennessee. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if it was just the scheme thing, or I don't know if he just isn't quite that guy, but we'll have to see. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say on them. What do you think? Yeah, just to begin, I like, I just wanted to touch upon how, how well they've been doing it, how, how well they've been doing in the draft, in my opinion, um, which outside of, selecting Zach Wilson, which I'll touch upon later. Uh, like you said, like Makai, Denzel Mims, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, uh, Michael Carter, just to name a few. Just to name a few, I think are really awesome draft selections and materialized into some really good players. I'm not a big believer in Zach Wilson. I just think that his arm talent is kind of overrated, at least from the way people were talking about it during this I feel all talent and ability is much more in line with like a Baker Mayfield or a Drew Locke than like Patrick Mahomes like some people were trying to compare his arm to I I see Wilson being in more in line with back like a Baker or like a that's like you can only really be good if the team around them is elevating him rather than him elevating the team and for and for example, like in BYU, they didn't really play relevant teams all season. And when they did, he wasn't that good. He had a great offensive line and some clean pockets that he won't be getting in the NFL, especially on the Jets. And he only really had good college season to merit him being taken so high, which def, which typically doesn't result in that great of quarterbacks. I think recently, like. Dwayne Haskins having one great college season, and it, although he's been he's been looking good in now, but I'm just using him as an example of like 
maybe a, a quarterback that had one great season being taken too high. Yeah. So I'm just a little iffy on Zach Wilson. And, and just to mention, he's been struggling in camp as well. I'm not saying that he's going to be bad, but I, I'm very iffy on him, especially since the Jets selected Wilson over Justin Fields, who in my opinion was the second-best quarterback in the draft, and Trey Lance, who has amazing physical upside and who I think will be better than Zach Wilson, especially on the 49ers. So I think that could come back to bite the Jets. However, Zach Wilson will be in a far better situation than Sam Darnold ever was in. Yeah. Adam Gase and Adam Gase's toxicity and his poor scheming and game planning. And they just did so wrong by Sam Darnold. I feel like they've ruined his game, Darnold, to the point of where I don't know if he's reparable for Carolina. And so Wilson will have it better than he did, but I'm still not sold on him. Yeah, I definitely see that. Um, yeah, he's just his, with his play style, he's so boomer bust. That like, yeah. yeah, he made those plays in college, but who was he playing? Hmm. And is that going to translate? Um, especially because he's not on a team like the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill that he could just sling it wherever and someone's going to make a play, right? Yeah. Yeah, and like you touched upon with their weapons, that they're better, but they're still not good enough to really help elevate him, and I don't think he's good enough to elevate them. So, I don't know. I I I don't really think he's going to be that guy. However, we've been surprised in the past by quarterbacks, so who knows? I just, I just don't. I'm just not really sold on him. But I, I could be wrong, of course. You, you never know. Prospect yeah. evaluation such a tricky subject. You never know how guys are going to develop. Like the NFL draft is basically a giant casino. <laughs> just gambling on these athletes. Yeah. Trading and, and you never know. Yeah, there's just so many factors. Uh, obviously, we like to keep it relatively positive around here. Um, so, all in all, we we hope for the best with Zach Wilson. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just don't know what to expect. Uh, so, moving into the predictions, um, well, actually, can I mention seven one last what was that sorry? thing? Can I mention one sure. last thing? Yeah, uh, I mentioned Gase before. Um, you really can't get any worse than him, so. Robert Sala is already going to be on a positive trajectory for the Jets. You never know how coordinators transition into being head coaches, but I think from the sheer like motivation factor that he brings, and I think he'll be like an energizing floor raiser for the Jets. I don't know how, in X's and O's perspective, how good he is, but I, I do think that he's going to make them, you know, just make a much better work environment for the Jets. And I think that they'll certainly be a, a better team, although. With Adam Gase, it's not that it's not that difficult. Than him, I just wanted to 
make that last point. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what to expect from him because, yeah, I just don't know very much about him. Um, hmm. And I know that he doesn't have the talent in New York that he did in San Francisco. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, if you're ready to get into the predictions now. Yeah, yeah, I'm already perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for their ceiling, I have seven and ten. Um, realistic. Keep in mind, I did this like two months ago, uh, and don't really remember my rationale. Um, but I had two and fifteen for them, which I think is a little cruel looking back. But I think yeah, like that two to five range probably. Um, and then their floor is like, yeah, like two or maybe even just one win. I think I have one in 16 here on paper, but who knows? Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. There's nothing on this team that I look at and I'm like, yes, they will be successful because of this, you know, mm-hmm. there's just so many moving pieces, so many factors, um, from the coaching to the new quarterback to, you know, all over the place. So, yeah, I think their floor really is that low, um, but I'm open to being surprised. So, yeah, what are, what are your expectations? Oh, pretty similar, like usual. Optimistic, same things go well. Solid elevates that defense. Zach Wilson performs at a a high level for a rookie and maybe they they steal some games upset some teams uh my realistic is a couple more wins than you had at 4 and 13 i still think their defense will be pretty solid just knowing salah is a defensive mind and their offense will be pretty solid i mean they won a couple games in the end of last season and they were the jets were a dumpster fire so like if they can win two games with gase i think they can win they could double that with uh Sala and pessimistic two and 15, you know, kind of just a similar season as last year, especially with the division being even stronger now. And yeah, it would just be things go wrong. Zach Wilson doesn't translate right away and things get jettified. So uh, (laughs) there'd be some uh, jet lag. (laughs) I, I could see two and 15, but, um, yeah, I think around, like you said, like, I think it's fair. I think it's fair for the Jets. Yeah, I just don't. Obviously, you can't predict upsets, but there aren't a lot of games that I'm like, yeah, they. Sh- I expect them to win this. Um, so, I think they're capable of more than two wins, obviously. But I got to I gotta see it first, you know? Yeah, yeah, me too. Um... Moving on to the final team in the division, like we said, wanted to end it on a little more of a positive note than the previous uh, prediction shows. Um, so look at the New England Patriots. They were super active this offseason. Um, all of their their losses were pretty minimal. Um, mm. They lost Joe, is it Tooney or Tooney? I can never remember. I think Tooney. I think Tooney. Yeah, it's just the unnecessary H. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we lost Tooney and Marcus Cannon on the offensive line. I don't think Cannon played last year, if I remember. I don't remember, though. Yeah, me neither. Um, and then veteran defensive back Jason McCourty 
but they're they were so active in free agency it was insane uh they brought in Matt Judon from the Ravens uh Trent Brown was in New England went to the Raiders is now back they brought back Kyle Van Noy um they signed Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith to I think both like top 10 contracts in terms of mm. like yearly value for tight ends which is crazy to think about um but yeah, that's just a really aggressive move um, from that front office that happens every once in a while. But it's it's been a while yeah. since we've mm-hmm. seen something like that from the Raiders or the Patriots. Sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was looking. I have Nelson Aguilar next. He played for the Raiders. Uh, he's what like their wide receiver one now after his little breakout season. I I presume so. At least that's what it's looking like. Yeah, kind of weird to think about, but mm-hmm. uh, like they'll probably rely on those tight ends a lot, and especially the run game, depending on who's a quarterback. If Cam is, um, then yeah, that definitely fits his mm-hmm. style. Um, and then in- the draft, they yeah. Mac Jones was the most notable acquisition, but they had a couple solid hits in the later rounds as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's important to note just how much was going against them last year. Obviously, they lost Brady, but they also lost, like, half of their defense to free agency and COVID opt-outs. Um, so there was, yeah, a lot of turnover for them. Um, so I think their defense was still solid last year. And they got better in a few areas. Um, And the offense should be better as well, just with the new weapons and more time in the system for guys like Cam. Uh, So I think, yeah, their ceiling definitely improved from the seven wins they had last year. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, just to start, just to kind of reiterate, they they made the offseason splash they needed basically acquiring the skill position need or the skill position help that they have needed for the past couple of years. They don't draft well with wide receivers. So if they just went out and paid for a bunch of them in free agency, like Hunter Henry and John Smith, who in my opinion are two top 10 tight ends and seeing as the success that Bill Belichick had with tight end sets in the early 2010s with Rob Gronkowski and, uh, Aaron Hernandez, mm-hmm. knowing that, and yeah, yeah, I forget about the last guy, but <laughs> <laughs> but knowing the uh, success he had with that, they probably want to go um, back to that a bit, especially with Cam when he had his best seasons in Carol. Uh, they didn't really have a strong receiving core, but they did have a strong tight end core. So maybe thinking about Cam, that's uh, he's had success with that. So. Maybe that was their thought process. And then you get Aguilar and, and Kendrick Boone. Born. Born. Yeah. <laughs> Boone. Uh, sure, it's not the best skill position unit in the world, but it far supersedes what they had in the past. Um, Their offensive line and their defense should be healthier and improved. And then knowing Belichick and the defense, he always coaches good defenses. You know, people want to give Brady a lot of credit for – 
the consistent success of New England. He deserves that a lot of that praise alongside Josh McDaniels for those offenses. However, constantly having a top 10 defense allows so much breathing room for your team, especially if the offense is ever struggling. So, yeah, New England, it's always with Belichick, it's always easy to bound and having a good defense. I do think it'll be very interesting to see who's playing QB since Cam Newton and Mac Jones are so different. Um, personally, I feel like Cam got a really bad rap last year. Of course, he was really struggling passing, but he was very good before he got COVID. And I had the bold claim back then that he was playing better for New England than Brady was at the end of his stretch there. Yeah. And he, to be honest, was when you look at how his talent was translating to their system, but then he got COVID and then couldn't throw the ball. It's weird, but I do think he's going to be better this season, assuming he plays a lot or plays the whole season. However, I do think that Mac Jones is more built to run the quote-unquote Brady system, you know, the more West Coast offense, play act, you know, establish a run and play action and check downs. That's kind of Mac Jones's game. Uh, I was not big on Mac Jones in the draft process, like I was not big on Zach Wilson. However, with the Brady system, that, in my opinion, is the perfect way to use Mac Jones, since he, from a talent perspective, he's not, you know, to the level of guys like Lawrence or Fields or Lance, just comparing him to other rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. So, um, I would be curious. I'm curious to see what they do. Like, what, what do you think they should do at quarterback? I know you're not obviously not at their training camps and things like that. Yeah, I think. First of all, I I like what you said about Jones fitting into that Brady system because honestly, Mac Jones on film reminds me so much of Tom Brady, and it's but they they just play so similarly, um, mm. and their mechanics in yeah, just their ability to get the ball in position for someone to make a play. Uh, and obviously mm. I'm more critical of Brady than most, but I mean that <laughs> in a good way right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think this offense at their best would be Mac Jones as the full-time starter uh, running kind of that, like you said, that Brady system um, with, Cam sprinkled in every once in a while for like short yardage or other kind of splash plays. Um, almost from like a wildcat look where they can run the read option. He can sling it out every once in a while. Uh, yeah. So kind of like what they were running last season. I think that's still a good idea, but mm. in moderation. I don't think it's as sustainable um, for a whole season. Yeah. So, uh, um, case, case and Hill, Cam, some, yeah, Hill. something like that. Interesting. I just, I'm never really big on that just because I feel like it throws the rhythm of your offense off a lot to take your quarterback out of the game to put in a wildcat quarterback. 
And I feel like Wildcat plays most of the time just don't really work. Of course, Cam Newton's a much bigger threat to pass than other Wildcat quarterbacks, but I, I don't know. I, I, I could see with the McDaniels knowing how potent his offenses can be. I, I do think he can scheme that up in a, in a smart way. But, um, yeah, that would be interesting. It also feels weird to think of Cam Newton as like a just a primarily wildcat quarterback, but that that is that is that is an interesting thought. Yeah, that's just kind of what I see, because um, obviously Mac Jones isn't going to come in and do what Cam Newton does, uh, but I think does does still have a lot of value in certain situations. Um, so yeah, that's what I think of that. I. F- I also wanted to know uh, how funny was it that they made Jones wear number 50 all through training camp, even though number 10 was available the entire time. Yeah. I think that's like their thing with rookies. They have to earn their number. Yeah. I can respect. And I, he's earned his number. He's earned his number now, which is, which is cool to see for him. Well, yeah, it's just a good, like humbling move where like he came from, a really good team at Alabama going to the most successful team of the 21st century mm-hmm. and the Patriots. Um, so to take him and be like, all right, here is a linebacker number. Yeah. <laughs> Offensive I think, linebacker. And it looks like he took it in stride, which is great. Um, yeah. So I'm not the biggest Max Jones fan, but I think he's a pretty likable guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he he does seem like it, and, and obviously he has a lot of pedigree now being coached by Nick Saban and now Bill Belichick, yeah. the two best coaches of their respective leagues from college to the NFL. And I wasn't big on his talent in the draft, but um, like New England's just a perfect spot for him. Like I said, it's a continuation of the winning culture. Uh, he's going to have you know smart coaches that are going to help limit his weaknesses, and um. Like I kind of said before, I think the Brady system is perfect for him. And you touched upon his mechanics. He kind of just does things like Brady, like reading a defense and, you know, kind of just getting the ball out quickly. Things like that. Like, because Brady is physically limited. Like, he doesn't run at all. Yeah. But he does have great footwork. He does have phenomenal mechanics. He is smart, obviously. And I think I could see Mac Jones doing, especially with that coaching staff, doing all of those things well and being good. You know, I'm not saying he's going to ever be to the level of Tom Brady, which is consistent, great, high-level play for so long in the yeah. sports. But um, I could see Mac Jones being, you know, on you know a high, playing at a high level in that system and kind of being. Just yeah, just just being a a good quarterback that can lead an offense. Uh, I don't know who I would compare him to necessarily. Uh, in that regard, but um, I do think he could be good for them, and I because they're yeah for sure. I do just want to clarify because I can definitely see people rolling their eyes over all this talk of Tom Brady. Um, obviously, Mac Jones is as good as Tom Brady. Um, but yeah, he's <laughs> definitely like like a baby Walmart 
version where yeah he just does a lot of things similarly um is his ceiling as high yeah and um... no but i think yeah he then again tom brady was okay okay (laughs) then again tom brady was a sixth round pick yeah so like who who knows and it would be interesting just to see not to be a hot take alert just to see if like mac jones could be really successful in that brady system and maybe it'll make you question like how many quarterbacks could be successful in the quote unquote brady system in with that new england culture yeah and another thing to note is that one of the things that makes brady what he is is his mindset his Mm -hmm. competitive nature and obviously it's way too early to say whether or not mac jones is anywhere near that level um Mm -hmm. because that is one of the things that sets him apart um with all due respect so yeah yeah. ice cream yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that was a really good quote um yeah is avocado ice cream not to do that is it like just flavored ice uh, avocado flavored ice cream i have no idea it was just like frozen guacamole oh <laughs> i i'm curious to try it someday but i i don't know all right here is a <laughs> just move on um so, you start out, you need two ripe avocados with fresh mint leaves and lemon juice. Uh, it looks like a lot of pop-ups on this website. Mm. Um, what have we got? Where are... This is not a very well-laid-out website. Uh, okay. okay, canned coconut milk, uh, a banana, and maple syrup to sweeten is just how this recipe has it. So it's not just avocado, which is nice. Mm. Um, still doesn't look great, but you know, teach their own. Mm. <laughs> I, well, that was I, a fun I, detour. Um, <laughs> so I can't. <laughs> Are you ready to get into the predictions now? Sure, sure. Awesome. So for me, I have their optimistic prediction at 12 and 5. Uh, realistic is 10 and 7, and pessimistic is 6 and 11. Um, I think the biggest thing is that just with the amount of talent they brought in this offseason, um, if they can all stay healthy, I definitely expect Bill Belichick to get the most out of them. I think they were definitely a lot more shorthanded last year than people realize. Um, so, yeah, just revitalizing that roster. I think they can definitely be a winning team again. And I think, yeah, like 10 and 7 um, is very realistic for them. But their floor at 6 and 11, I think that's pretty much just if we get a lot of the same as last year. Um, where the defense is underachieving 
and the offense is a bit of a mess. Uh, if they struggle to find their identity with either quarterback. Um, so that's why their floor is so low, but I really don't expect just knowing what Bill Belichick is as a coach. I don't fit. I can't see back to back losing seasons for them. So mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts? Oh, kind of the same. My optimistic is literally one less win in 11 and six. Oh, I just think if their, their defense is playing at a high level, which I think they can do. And if their offense can, can utilize all their new acquisitions well enough and whoever's playing quarterback, whether it be Cam or Mac Jones, I think can, can perform at a pretty solid level. So, you know, offense puts it together and their defense is kind of what you would expect out of a Belichick defense. Then, yeah, they, I could see them being an 11-plus win team if all goes well. All realistic, I have them at 9-8. and eight solely because the, the division is really good right now with Buffalo and Miami. And um, I think there could be some offensive uh, weirdness trying to incorporate so many new guys. I think that could maybe slow them down early on. I think their defense will be pretty solid all the way through. So um, I think nine pretty pretty um realistic. I could see, like I said, I can easily see over 10 wins. And at 7 and 10, one more win than you have. Oh, I think it's just if the offense never clicks and if the defense isn't as good as I think it can be. But I still think just Belichick coaching them, they could win like seven games, I think, at worst. So that's kind of what I think of New England's here. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think that kind of wraps things up for today. I don't really have anything more to comment on than do you. Uh, nothing much, just uh, maybe watch some Robin Williams movies and uh, check <laughs> avocado ice cream. That's all, that's all I can. That's all I really have to say. Yeah, uh, I I made a joke on um, on a post from a Dolphins fan page um, <laughs> about how the Dolphins are going to finish third in the division this year. I know my I realize now that my predictions didn't reflect that. But, um, yeah, so it would be nice to see how that turns out. Um, but yeah, I, I helped you from getting uh ratioed. Oh, I lost it was like oh. it was like 50 to 40, which is pretty good considering it was on a dolphin's page. I expected <laughs> to get massacred, but the troops showed up, so nice, yeah, it was at least it was a pretty honorable defeat. Um, yeah, so I think that wraps things up for today. Uh, I'd say it was a pretty fun show. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, Mm -hmm. we'll be back hopefully within a month or two um, (laughs) to pick things up with the AFC West, which should be a really fun one. A lot of really exciting teams there. Um, yeah, so I think that's all for today. I hope you guys enjoyed and. Yeah, hope to see you back next time. (laughs) All right, thanks for listening. All right, take care, everyone.